With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. of Olympus. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and tonight is our Theurgy Forum, where we welcome back Brandy Williams, Tony Mueraswiki, Bruce McLennan, also known as John Upsapaus, and Jean-Louis DeBiasi. And today we'll be catching up on how everyone is doing and uh, uh, starting to pull together um, a concept of theurgic activism. Greetings and welcome, fellow theurgists. How are you? Greetings. Hi, Hercules. Hello. Greetings, Hercules. Hi. Hello. Yes. Hello. <laughs> um, Hi. It's been a while since we've done this. I've really uh, greatly missed it, and I'm curious what you've all been up to. So I guess uh, we'll start uh, with that, and uh, we'll go down the list as it appears uh, on uh, uh, today's promotion. Brandy, how have things been with you? Oh, it's uh, it's been a very interesting, um, very interesting winter and a very interesting year coming up. Um, okay. So I think we're going to be talking about PantheaCon, and that was uh, wonderful to get a chance to to see some folks live. And I hope that we can continue to do that. Um, I'm continuing to work as an activist with the Kitsap County Council for Human Rights, and I retired from um, my day job, so now I have more time to put into that. Um, I just I just finished going to a meeting, uh, in, in in fact, to do some activist organizing, and I also have more time to write, so I've been um, turning some time to that. So that's a, a brief, uh, and then I, um, I'm planning to do, uh, I'll be headlining a couple of events this summer, so I'll be doing um, mm-hmm. Babylon Rising and Sacred Harvest Festival, so um, I'll give more information about that when we talk about what we're going to be doing. Um, that is an awesome amount of things uh, to be doing, and uh, I check out your Amazon page. There's a lot of new material there as well, which is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I'll go look it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tony, how about you? Well, I think the the highlight over the last few weeks was, as Brandy mentioned, Pantheon. It was absolutely wonderful catching up with her and also with Bruce. We did a panel on theurgic activism, which which went quite well, and we're wanting to make it a um, a fairly regular sort of thing. Um, I've got a couple of projects coming up. I, I'm not sure if I should even be, excuse me, really talking about them just yet. One of them involves Brandy. Um, the oh, other awesome. one doesn't. Yeah. Um, so just basically, you know, getting getting on with writing. Um, I've started writing for Pathios, and um, and just yeah, just getting on with writing. That is fantastic. Um, uh, Bruce, how about you? Well, kind of the same thing. Um, I am uh, had a great time at PantheaCon. Um, I always enjoy it. It's always a chance to, to catch up with people that, that I don't get to see often but once a year. And um, I think our panel went very well. Um, I'm mostly doing some, some writing now. I've uh, been very much involved in recent years with looking at some of the intersections between theurgic practices and Jungian psychology. And so I've got a couple papers um, more in the works on that. And uh, I've actually just uh, kind of updated my uh, one of my websites recently to include also some of my old papers on that area. So those are kind of, you know, more sort of academic papers uh, for people that are more interested in that. But um, it kind of fills in some of the background, so I'm I'm continuing to push that forward, and that's uh, probably my major activity at this time is really just think looking at new ways that we can also bring theurgic practice into uh, into the modern world. That sounds awfully exciting, especially the part about the Jungian archetypes. I love uh, Jungian psychology and uh, have studied it on and off for many, very many years. So I'm looking forward to reading what you wrote about that. For sure, yeah. Well, there's some stuff out there already. I'll talk uh, talk about later when we talk about our websites. Okay. Uh, and last but certainly not least, Sean Luis, how are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. You can hear me clearly. Anything new and exciting? Yes, uh, quite the same thing as everyone. I am writing, and uh, I, I've two forthcoming books, one book about uh, oracles, oracles discovered in Paris in the 19th century, and mm-hmm. another book coming uh, about invisible bodies, aura, and uh, energetic work, and uh, everything related to that. Besides uh, the books and the writings and the articles, you know that I am the grandmaster of the Rome Solis and yes. uh, the Kabbalistic Order of the Rose Cross. So this is a main activity, and uh, the work is very, very demanding. So we are traveling and uh, still um, working for the initiates on the field of theology and uh, the Western tradition. So a lot of work in different things, and two or three books coming. 
That, that is incredibly awesome. How is the theurgy school coming along? I still owe you a, uh, um, a fuller description of uh, the course uh, I would like to offer. Um, but it's been very, uh, it's been like a roller coaster ride here. And now it's finally slowing down so I can uh, pay attention to that. Is, is the school uh, uh, open and taking students? Yeah, we have a website uh, which is called the Theologia University, and we are offered several um, online teachings about Kabbalah, uh, practical Kabbalah, uh, biblical Kabbalah, Christian Kabbalah. But beside that, uh, we are about to release a course about Vedic astrology, which is quite wow about uh, the northern traditions and northern magic uh, and uh, these books will be this uh, course will be released uh, in the next uh, month so this awesome. is very exciting different from the Oram series of course because there is n there is no initiation in linked to these teachings but uh, many different things and the course about Vedic astrology will be very, very interesting. This, is, uh, this has been prepared by a uh, French astrologer, very talented, and we are translating the, the course right now. That sounds very exciting. Everybody is so busy uh, doing uh, awesome things. Uh, they'll spread awareness uh, about uh, theurgy and use theurgy to affect social change, and I'm very excited about that. Um, some of you already, already mentioned Panthercon, uh, so I guess we'll uh, go back to Panthercon and revisit it and, and get a fuller picture of uh, what happened there. So we'll start with Brandy again. Okay, and uh, three of us were there, so I don't want to tell all the stories. I want to leave some space okay. <laughs> for my colleagues. Um, we were on at 9 in the morning. Was it 9 or 11 on Sunday? I was really surprised that the room filled up. There is a huge hunger among people for a way to connect spirituality with activism and to, to respond to what's going on in the world. And so people were very interested in this topic. And that was the most, um, I think, the most, most exciting thing to me. Um, and, and they engaged us. They, they had a lot of uh, questions. So I thought, it, um, I thought it went really well. Um, and I, I will turn it over to the next person to give more stories about that. Okay, Tony, that will be you. Okay, um, what we did was we divided our time into four sections. So we talked about what activism was. Um, we, we gave definitions of activism. And, and then after that, we talked about how we had personally engaged in various forms of activism. Then we introduced theurgy, just um, the basics of it. And then we finished off by talking about how theurgy can be used as an integral part of, of activism. And as Brandy pointed out, um, the audience were very interested. They asked um, a, a, num a number of challenging questions. And for me, one of the, one of the um, most exciting things was that um, the three of us, Bruce, Brandy, and myself, have different backgrounds. So we were able to tackle those questions from different angles. So one girl was asking about the Holy Guardian Angel. So um, I, was actually, I was able to, to answer the question from, from the traditions that I work with. Brandy was able to tackle it more from a, um, a ceremonial magic point of view. And, and Bruce's, Bruce's um, attack was slightly different again. So um, I, I hope that the audience found it as, as 
as satisfying as we did in presenting it. But um, again, as everyone's pointed out, I, I thought that it went really well. And my only regret was that um, Jean-Louis wasn't there to join us. I think it would have been even better if he had been there as well to, to give his insights. Thank you. Well, we'll hear some of them tonight, definitely. Thank you, Tony. And Bruce? Well, I don't have too much to add to that. I, I, uh, I was also very happy with the turnout and with the engagement with the audience. I think we had in the audience uh, a variety of people, um, a number that had been uh, engaging in theurgic practices in one form or another, under one name or another, and, um, and they were uh, not so familiar with it. And, um, you know, so everyone was very interested, very engaged, and, and uh, I think it went very well. Uh, like Tony said, I think, you know, having multiple perspectives on it, um, multiple different ways of applying theurgic ideas uh, in the context of activism, I think, um, you know, showed people that um, there's a variety of ways that they can, they can um, bring theurgy into some of the more... Uh, practical issues in, in their life today. Wow. Uh, so you guys, it sounds like you did an awesome job of laying the foundation for theurgic uh, activism. And I'm hoping that uh, uh, what you planted uh, takes root and grows because uh, we need this in our world today, theurgic activism. Yes. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and Hercules, I want to give a shout out to you as well, because you're putting this forum together helps to plant that seed. And also because we've had experience with each other, um, talking to each other and sort of handing the ball off. I thought it went really well in terms of how the three of us were able to um, uh, sort of complement each other, to give each other space to talk. Uh, I thought I thought that was lovely. I also want to give a shout out to Tony because he was the person who organized the the um, panel. He applied for it. He was accepted, and he moderated it as well. He he put the questions together. So he was you. But we we would love to have you, Hercules. If you get a chance to come out, it'd be lovely to have you as well. Oh, I intended to come out this year, but uh, uh, the universe kept saying no. <laughs> and uh, um, but I'm intending on coming uh, next year, and a lot of the things that were preventing this year are no longer there. Uh, so next year seems very open, and I really would like to be there with all of you. And just That'd a quick great. shout out to her, just a quick shout out to Hercules. If it wasn't for you, the panel never would have taken shape. It was because because the last podcast that we did started to delve into theurgic activism that I thought, wouldn't it be great to do this in real life? So if you hadn't planted that seed, we, we never would have done it. And, and the three of us um, got so excited, we're, sort of, we're wanting to do it again. So we're going we're gonna to propose something very similar um, for next year, and hopefully the five of us will be able to turn up and, and, and rock out. Oh, that would be awesome, and thank you for your kind words, and, and I'm greatly honored by them. Uh, Jean-Louis, you, you couldn't go either this year. Um, what were no, you intending? Unfortunately, not. <laughs> unfortunately not. I am very interested, as you may know, by theology in a different angle also. Um, the activism is new for me because I am not working on this field in the same way. I am, my main activity is, is um, linked to initiatory orders, and mm -hmm. I can see that as a, um, 
theology as a curriculum we are teaching and we are working on in several countries. So this is an experimentation we can see implemented uh, on different people from different background and culture, backgrounds and cultures. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, of course, what you said during Panteacan uh, about uh, activism. So this is difficult to say, to say anything about this very specific subject. My uh, main uh, focus for months and years linked to theology is focusing on uh, illusion and imagination. Initiations in this field, but all these difficulties to um, to clearly see what is an illusion, with the traps of illusion, of illusion and imagination, and see how we can deal with that uh, in the theurgic work. And this is, uh, for me, the main challenge for anyone who wants to use theology in an active way. How to deal with illusion and imagination. And I guess that could be a subject of another discussion. That sounds like an awesome thing to uh, explore, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to exploring it, either through this forum or through Pentecon or uh, in any one of a number of uh, ways. I've been engaged in activism for much of my life, and uh, I used to call it uh, Olympian Heroic Path. And uh, the lot of, a lot of the work I did publicly that involved uh, Olympianism, um, we framed it in that way. But uh, now that I've been um, doing my workshops in theurgy and interacting with all of you, uh, I'm beginning to see that uh, um, theurgy is a much better uh, vehicle uh, than the Olympian heroic path for a great many people who don't resonate uh, with uh, Greek mythology, uh, but they resonate with uh, uh, the search for truth, for the love of wisdom. Uh, so I'm very excited uh, by this uh, movement that's uh, taking place. And I've made it a very big part of uh, um, the theurgy classes that I run at the Amber Dragon. And some of the people there are involved with me on various activism projects. So it is theurgy, uh, theurgic activism, uh, and it's, uh, it's framed in that way, and it's understood in that way, and people seem to be having a really uh, fulfilling uh, time of it. And I thought tonight, let, let's develop the concept a little bit uh, more and perhaps uh, expand it. Um, so what I mean when I say theurgic activism is to be using theurgic uh, principles and theurgic uh, teachings and then applying them in meeting the challenges of uh, uh, our current world. Uh, Brandy, how would you define theurgic uh, activism? And, you know, um, I think to, to, um, to talk to, to Jean-Louis, too, one of the things that I know about theurgy and about the teachers of the past is that theurgic teachers have always been centered in what's happening today, what's happening in, in the world, and what is the right action. It's a right action kind of idea. So they were interested in promoting the good, in thinking about what is good, what, what is um, an, a, a positive impact in the world. I think about Boethius in particular, who um, meditated on this profoundly while he was in prison and found, um, reached down into himself to find the, the core truths 
that, that allow him to articulate what makes life meaningful, um, why, why life is good, and, and how we can act. So I think learning from the past, learning from the teachers of the past, and modeling them is one way that I get to theurgic activism. Um, and that's, that's one thing that it makes it, makes it particularly theurgic for me. Um, there are lots of, of places we can go to get activist training and understand what, what needs to happen, but it gives us the core principles to, to move from, that gives, gives us the bedrock to move from. So that's, that's how I define it. That's a great definition. Um, Tony? I see theurgic activism as functioning on three levels. Firstly, we develop a close working relationship with various gods. So we can call on those gods to assist us in whatever work that we're doing. So, for instance, Hermes is very applicable to this age as a god of communication and of travel. Um, issues connected with farming and the like, growing crops. Like I'm particularly interested in um, what the biotech industry is doing to our foods. Um, you know, Demeter is a particularly useful um, goddess to call on. So that's the first level. The second level is we start to see the divinity within ourselves and the divinity in others. We start to realize how interconnected we are with everyone else. So you're more likely to be kind to people if you're practicing theurgy than you would if you didn't. So, for instance, with the, um, with the, the, the terrible shooting that we had in the mosque the other weekend, I mean, obviously the shooter goes in, he sees the people in the mosque as different to himself. If he saw them as his brothers and sisters, the shooting wouldn't have taken place. So that's the second level. And the third level is creating changes outside ourselves, which is something that theurgy is capable of doing. So, for instance, if you can cause someone to have a particular dream and it's a person who's in power, then that dream can change their course of action. They might start to realize that what they're doing is, um, is the wrong thing to do. Things might change. Um, also, working weather magic. Um, there could be a, um, <clears throat> a planned event, and by causing a storm to take place, you can prevent that event from, from taking place. Um, and lastly, you can um, cause chance occurrences to happen. So, for instance, um, a small group that's obscure can suddenly become prominent, although... I have to admit that with the advent of social media, that's becoming the norm. It's very right. easy to give you to give yourself publicity, and actually, I actually see social media as as quite magical in itself. Um, it enables virtually everyone on the planet who has access to the internet to be connected. Um, you can get your message out to everyone. That's something that just wasn't possible a, a decade ago. So it's Very a, a long, a long hand waving explanation of how I see theurgic activism. That that is very true and very powerfully uh, said. And you're also opening the door to our next uh, topic, which is going to be current events through a theurgist eyes. Uh, thank you very much, yeah. Tony. Bruce. Pleasure. Yes, I, I agree with uh, certainly uh, everything that that Tony and Brandy have said. I. Um, I think, you know, one of the principal things that theurgy does, it's, it's God work, of course, is the, is the etymological meaning of the word. And so it allows us to interact with the gods to develop those working relationships that, that Tony talked about. And um, 
I think, you know, traditionally much of theurgy was dedicated towards personal development, developing personal relations with the gods. And that's certainly important uh, from several aspects. I mean, because if we can get our own house in order, then we're taking a step towards everyone getting their house in order a bit better. And um, just we're a little one of the things that we we find when we get more in tune with divinity is we become more aware of providence of the overall motion of the universe and the the flow of the universe and so we can better better navigate it and um better uh achieve the ends that we're where uh, we think are important so um that's sort of a global view of how becoming more in touch with the gods can help us to to accomplish what we want to accomplish, whatever that is. Um, I think, you know, some specific things is that um, through theurgy, we come in into communion with the gods. We can get information from them. We can get advice from them. We can get warnings from them. We can get direction from them. But we also can embody their energy. We can uh, draw their energy down into us, and that helps us to uh, act better in whatever way, as, as for instance, Tony mentioned, uh, Hermes, who's very important uh, with uh, for communication, for interpretation, for travelers, and so forth. Um, at the uh, In the forum, um, uh, I forget exactly the context in which it came up, but somebody mentioned Athena as a um, patron, and it, there seemed to be a lot of people in the audience, um, and certainly I would include myself too, that had a special relationship with Athena, who seems to be very, very relevant for the times we live in now. And, um, you know, we can seek the protection of the gods as well. Uh, But that's all, in a sense, you know, helping us to be a better person and to accomplish what we think needs to be accomplished. But, um, you know, I think by becoming part of the bigger picture, part of the outcome that the gods are trying to to bring about, we can we can help that process to to come about. And I think um, that's part of the uh, part of the activism is to first of all become in, in touch with what needs to be done, and then to get um, insights into the best, the most effective ways to do it. Uh, and in this connection, I think. You know, this, what, what you mentioned, Hercules, I think is very important because I'm also coming at theurgy from largely an Olympian um, context. And um, one of the nice things I like about um, uh, theurgy, at least as developed by the Neoplatonists, is that it can, be, it can fit into many different spiritual traditions. So we know there are Christian yeah. Neoplatonists and Jewish Neoplatonists and Muslim Neoplatonists. And um, I would argue even you can have agnostic Neoplatonists. Uh, mm-hmm. And all of these things, uh, we, we have to find the right language so that people can apply these theurgic techniques. Uh, that's, I think, the most important thing. The dogma is secondary. The dogma is to help you understand why the theurgy works and how the theurgy works. But I think we have to become better uh, at translating theurgic techniques into languages and into contexts that other people understand 
um, besides us. I had, of course, a Pantheacon. It's largely a pagan, uh, Wiccan sort of community. And so people there are very used to doing magical work. And um, it's, um, you know, they don't take any convincing uh, it, that it's worthwhile and that it's, that it's doable. But in the broader community, the broader world, I think we've uh, got a, um, a harder task to do to try and educate people about how theurgy can be valuable to them. I, I, I believe in what you're saying a million percent. And in, um, in my universe, that's been popping up uh, increasingly. Uh, there is a group in uh, Chicago uh, that is uh, Afro-Caribbean. Uh, and they've been following some of the, the things that we've been doing, and they want to adopt it uh, for their culture. Uh, and uh, here in New Jersey, I have uh, a Ptolemaic um, individual who's uh, studied metaphysics since the days of Herman Slater. Um, I don't know if you guys knew him. He was uh, the warlock shop and magical child in New York City. Um, so uh, they're they want to work with me to adopt, uh, you know, theurgy, you know, to what they're doing. So there seems to be this, uh, this hunger uh, for something and, and theurgy embodies that something. So that's, that's happening like organically without my having taken any action at all in that direction. And several conversations I've had with people uh, recently also uh, focused on how can we make theurgy more universal? You know, how do we take the ethnos, uh, and make it a door rather than the the entire uh, structure. So uh, what you said resonates powerfully with me. Thank you, Bruce. Jean-Louis? Yeah. Yeah, thank you for everything. Everything is very, very interesting about the OG. My My question and my concern is about the definition of a theurgist. Uh, who is a theurgist, in fact? We are not philosophers, we are not religious, and we are, in the same time, theurgists. That means philosophers, that means historians, that means uh, scientists, uh, and religious. So, uh, when I uh, was in France, I was philosophy teacher, I taught philosophy and classical philosophy, and yes, theology and our ancient masters were in the same time philosophers, but they were right. not practicing and teaching dogmatic religion, but they were religious in a way. So this kind of uh, very uh, open mind uh, is for me very close to uh, a scholar, a religious, and in the same time, someone experimenting all the time the techniques to reach the gods, trying to avoid this temptation to believe everything that is happening in our mind. So, first, is this humility that the theurgist should teach to everyone. And this is a very good way, I guess, to, uh, to help people to understand that theurgy is humility 
humility uh, in front of all the masters who were amazing uh, human beings on several levels. And uh, we are always working on uh, who we are to know uh, in, to know better about us and about the world. So we learn philosophy and we are trying to live as philosophers and to share this way of uh, living through, let's say, cooking and praying, uh, doing our physical exercises and at the same time meditating. And Yes, practicing few techniques very close to religion, but they are not religion. And in this case, we can um, show something that is universal and open to everyone. So how to become religious without being dogmatic? How to become a philosopher without being dogmatic? and open to this hope that through techniques, inner techniques, we can ascend to the gods progressively, and in the se doing that, uh, bringing more light in our life and the life of the people around us and the world itself. Uh, so this is this union, this unity between everything trying to avoid the risks of, uh, of illusion I was talking about and keeping this uh, humble vision of the world uh, open to the tolerance and to what people are and to, uh, to succeed, to be strong in front of everything that is extremist. So the theologist for me is a philosopher, a religious man or woman, a scientist, and in the same time someone who is walking uh, with a, uh, being very aware of his uh, uh, limitations. <laughs> that, that is indeed uh, uh, an ideal to uh, strive for and uh, uh, very well worth the time that one would put into that. Thank you very much, Jean-Louis. Now, um, uh, Tony had brought up, and uh, some of you have touched upon, uh, the fact that as uh, theurgists, our focus uh, should be on the here and now. And uh, some examples were brought up uh, on some of the challenges that we're facing uh, in the here and now. Um, one of the challenges that uh, I've been trying to confront and do things about is uh, the effect of uh, stories. Uh, we're being bombarded with uh, contradictory and upsetting stories that uh, seem to uh, be there to uh, spread fear and outrage. So uh, the challenge uh, that I'm trying to meet through some of my activities is how do you um, refocus or reframe these stories so that the challenge inherent in them uh, is uh, uh, faced, uh, but without um, being tossed hither and yon by the, the, the fear and the outrage uh, in the stories as they're told. 
Um, can, you so, can you be more specific? Sure. Like uh, our country right now here is very polarized and uh, divided, more so than it's been in a very uh, long time. And the same events, if uh, reported uh, by people from one side uh, and people on the other, although some of the core events and uh, the uh, issues um, are the same, the perspectives being offered are so different. And depending on where your mind is and what you are willing to accept is true, you will accept whatever interpretation is offered to you uh, many times without actually doing some investigation and checking uh, the facts. And most things upon investigation uh, turn out to be uh, not true or uh, distortions of uh, the information you've been given. I'll give one example. Like, um, politically, I tend to lean a little bit to the left. Um, and uh, I noticed that a lot of information uh, was coming from comedy shows. <laughs> In truth, you know, the, the things people were reporting were things that they'd seen on Saturday Night Live or Jon Stewart or uh, Jonah Trevor or, you know, so, so basically the information there isn't accurate, um, but it was being accepted as accurate. Uh, and the same is true with uh, someone who might lean more toward the right. Uh, the information that they're getting about events is not accurate. So one of the things I've tried to do on my Elysium uh, project uh, show, in which uh, uh, three out of uh, five possible weeks a month is to invite people with different perspectives. So we've had somebody who's a staunch Republican. Uh, we've had independents. We've had uh, Greens. We've had a Libertarian. Uh, and, you know, just basically to speak in a place where we're not going to jump on you for looking at things differently and we're making a sincere effort to understand why, what you see and what you're reacting to. And since we had done this earlier with uh, um, uh, interfaith, this is kind of inter-ideological. Um, and the interfaith worked out pretty good because uh, even though it's still very small, we have people who believe radically different things about uh, uh, the powers, about uh, who they are and why they're here, about what this is all about. Uh, and it no longer matters. We found some shared values and we operate from those values instead of uh, what we happen to believe is true. Uh, about the universe. So this is the same um, type of effort. It's taking a bit longer than the religious one took, but I'm, I'm committed to doing that. And it's not big, but it's something I can do uh, with the resources I have on hand with, uh, um, you know, whatever I know uh, currently. So I, my efforts are all like, what can I do with what I know and who I am and what I have at my disposal? So that's, that's an example. Is that a, is, did I explain it sufficiently well uh, to you, Jean-Louis? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, now we'll go to Brandy. Brandy, what, what do you see as the challenges uh, in things that are happening in the here and now that we need to address as theurgists? Yeah, as you were saying um, that, I was, I was thinking that that's exactly what the, the issue is currently. The, um, the, the rhetoric that is so inflamed that, that polarizes us. Um, is something that we're all facing. And uh, I, I personally have, have pretty much abandoned social media because I really don't see it as an effective communication medium except to advertise events at this point. Um, what I see works in the world is exactly what you're doing, going and talking to people um, and, and hearing their story, listening to their story, and connecting with them on a one-to-one -one basis. 
So I have a great example from the Human Rights Council meeting that happened last Tuesday. There was a, a, so, a special on, on television here talking about the homeless problem in Seattle. And it, it was something like, um, Seattle is dying, right? So there's this um, inflammatory rhetoric that homeless people living on the streets is causing such a huge problem that it's, uh, it's destroying the city, essentially. And so one of my... Um, one of my colleagues on the, the council turned to me and said, did you see that? This is terrible. And I said, yes, I, I did see that. And I also went to the point in time um, uh, survey that we conducted here in Kitsap County talking to homeless people. So I sat down and I talked to 20 people about how it is that they ended up on the streets. And I think that we can do something about that. I think that it's our responsibility to. And so then the whole council began to talk about ways that we could connect up with other people who are doing homeless activism and start working on that problem ourselves. So we came from very different points of view, a very right-wing point of view and a very left-wing point of view, but we met mm -hmm. in the middle with understanding that we shared a caring for the people who are human people um, suffering this issue and that we can then, um, un hearing each other and, and connecting with the, the human crisis we can move to, to, to begin to respond to that. So the most important thing to me is to get out of your bubble and talk to people who don't um, agree with you. I often advocate to people to go find uh, your local NAACP chapter and go join it because it will, uh -huh. you know, for, for my, my, my white left, left progressive friends, that gets out of the bubble. You go meet people of color. You, you're going to have to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance and pray to God <laughs> at the beginning of the meeting. Um, and then begin to talk to people about how you move into into a world where not everyone agrees with you, not everyone is your religion. It's going to challenge you, but but it begins to make those those connections, and it, it begins to help you understand that people are all all people, right? We're all we're all faced with challenges. So that's a that's where I think the solution lies. And I I'm absolutely in agreement with you on the the issue. The um the the amplification of media just now is exacerbating um, differences. Yes, and uh, I'm very proud of what you're doing, uh, you know, because I know you. So uh, as I followed your, um, what you do share on social media and occasionally checking your Amazon page, you're doing awesome things uh, and you're getting out there and uh, confronting the challenges um, face uh, to face. Um, I try to do the same. I'm on the uh, board of our Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I've been elected to the Democratic uh, um, county uh, committee. Uh, I wanted to run for councilman, but uh, I didn't uh, win that vote. And right now, a lot of other things came up, so I'll pursue that uh, next election. Um, and uh, I attend as many meetings as I can. Uh, and I've declared, uh, for those of you who said that we should get closer to the gods, I've openly declared the Creskill Public Library uh, my Athenaeum. And I refer to it uh, as such in all of the things that I do. And uh, we have uh, programs there for kids that use Greek mythology um, in a role-playing setting. Um, and uh, I started a career center for adults. And uh, the career centers generated a lot of uh, interest. And I used to give metaphysical talks there, but now I don't have the free time uh, to do that. So uh, I believe that a library is something that binds the community together. And I've dedicated all my actions there to the goddess Athena. So, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that very strongly, too, that uh, we should uh, work with the gods and honor the gods and uh, seek whatever assistance the gods uh, can uh, offer to us and also to embody and express the gods within 
uh, to the best of our ability to make this uh, a better world for all. Hercules, my goodness, where do you spend the time to do all of that? <laughs> I'm getting old, and I realize I don't have that much more time on the planet. I have maybe three decades at most, so uh, my mortality forces me to confront the question, what do I want to do with every single breath? So uh, I've decided that uh, um, whether we call it Olympian heroic path or theurgic activism, this is what I really want to do. So. <laughs> I'm very Thanks for asking. And, and guys, if we can all, if we can all um, mute our phones while we're not talking, that'll probably help to, to contain the feedback a little bit. Okay. Okay. I can do that. I can do that from here. Uh, so I'll address you each one by one, and I'll only keep active the person who's speaking. Does that work for everybody? Yes. 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 That's good. That's good. Okay. We will go to Tony. Current um, events for the eyes of theurgy, and thank you for suggesting this topic, by the way. Okay, my, my pleasure. Um, Hercules, you, you drew the parallel between um, and bringing people on opposite sides of the political spectrum together. Um, in some respects, it seems to be it seems to be easier to do interfaith work. It's just a matter of finding areas of commonality, and then getting people to focus on those areas of commonality rather than differences, and then bring them together. What Brandy was saying before actually gives me hope that you can bring people on the left and on the right together um, in a spirit of common concern. In this case, it was concern about the plight of homeless people. But um, mm-hmm. one of the big problems that we face now is that there is so much misinformation out there. Um, there's, there, are, there are news networks that deliberately give us false news and, um, and, and, and suppress um, information that they don't want getting out there. Um, there's talk about um, fake news coming in from Russia, and that's that's influencing people as well. Um, I've come across a number of people who you just can't seem to negotiate with. So, for instance, with various um, shootings, like the um, uh, the mosque shooting that we had. In, in New Zealand a few days ago, um, there are people who claim it's a false flag operation. So you had 50 people at last count losing their lives. Um, I've seen all sorts of uh, tragic things in the news, like like one teenage boy crying that he had lost his whole family, didn't want to be alone. Um, you've got the New Zealand Prime Minister wearing a hijab um, in sympathy with people. You've got bikers in New Zealand coming together with Muslims, embracing them, making sure that they stay safe. But yet you've got uh-huh. some people who say the whole thing is contrived. It's, it, it's a false flag operation. I don't know the best way to deal with people like that other than try to encourage them to get onto a spiritual path and find a bit of compassion within themselves. Um, also, you know, with, with the gun debate, I, I totally understand people wanting to have a, a shotgun for home protection. But there's a world of difference between that and having an assault rifle. Assault rifles are basically designed to kill huge numbers of people in a short space of time. Um, I don't think anyone needs one of those in their home. And yet there's no negotiating with people. They say that it's their constitutional right to have an assault rifle. 
and there's no negotiating with them. Um, so the only thing I can think of is to encourage them on a spiritual path, perhaps incline people towards theurgy, um, so that we can better understand each other. Those are excellent uh, points. And how would we start uh, doing that? Like, what can we? Um, um, how can we start actualizing that? Do you think? I I think that. A really good approach would be to maybe start off some, get together some very basic videos on YouTube. I don't think there is anything on Theurgy specifically, or if there is, um, I haven't found it yet. Just because a lot of people don't want to read, um, right? They, they will watch a YouTube video. So uh, if we can either source some some easy to understand YouTube videos, or perhaps get together and produce some, and say to, and say to people here, watch this. Um, I had a Kabbalah teacher back home, and one of the things that he taught me was that a mark of a spiritually advanced being is someone who is as concerned with what is on his or her plate as what is on their neighbor's plate, so that there's no separation between people. There, there shouldn't be. We should consider everyone like family. And um, that, that, that's, that's something that you start to acquire as you, as you develop spiritually, and it seems to me that people who want to have assault rifles and the like are, are lacking in that. I don't want to sound judgmental, but um, I am sounding judgmental when, when I think about it, and I apologize if I do. No, 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 that's a, that's a very important issue, and uh, especially given the fact that uh, New Zealand reacted immediately and changed their gun laws, whereas in this country, uh, those type of tragedies occur uh, far too often. Exactly, and people expect tragedies like that. So school kids get shot, innocent people get shot, and, and politicians offer thoughts and prayers. And it's only a matter of time before the next mass shooting takes place. I mean, something has to change. It has in New Zealand. They, they've, they've introduced change within days. But yet the, the gun lobby is so powerful in this country that nothing's changing. Thank you so very much. That that that's uh, something that definitely needs to be addressed in the here and now. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce, um, how about you? What do you feel is uh, a, a very important issue uh, that needs to be addressed in the here and now that we could address theurgically? Well, I think well, I, uh, I wanted to mention wanted one to short thing first of all. You know, okay. I've been uh, teaching about oracles. Um, uh, Pantheacon and, and other venues recently, and uh, as we know, as we know oracles, oracles are often ambiguous. Are ambiguous. And one of yes. the principles of oracle, the oracle reading, reading is that, is that the, first the first valid interpretation, valid interpretation of, it, of it to some extent some determines extent what, will what will happen. So it's, it's, so very, it's important very important to, to do that first that reading first correctly. correctly. And I think we find something similar happening, as, as um, Tony alluded to with the, um, for instance, the New Zealand shooting, is that um, people can reframe these stories in different ways. And so I think, you know, being able to frame it correctly initially and, um, and get that interpretation out helps that to be, in fact, become the correct interpretation. Um, so that's a little bit of, of a magical use of, of, of uh, narrative, but the, really I think the, the issue that I think is so important now 
and that CRG can really help us with. Um, I thinking of it first, actually, in the context of Tibetan Buddhism, which, of course, also has a very um, ancient theurgical uh, practice. And, um, you know, it's basically a, a matter of compassion to understand that other people do have the same basic values that we do. If you drill down far enough, we all have common values. And therefore, when we see people that just seem to be crazy or completely wrong-headed or even evil, it usually means that they're afraid. They're angry yes. in many cases, and they're often angry because they're afraid. And so it really, you have to come, you have to come into these situations from a perspective of compassion and seeking understanding. And that's what I think is so hard in our time, especially with the increasing polarization around the world, especially in this country, is people are just losing the capacity to do that. And I think that's where, uh, you know, if we really want to understand why people voted for Trump, for example, uh, or why they cling to their guns, or why they're afraid of immigrants, or why they're afraid of Muslims, have to understand the sources of the fear and, um, you know, ultimately try and, and, and uh, mitigate those fears in some way. Uh, it may be coming from economic hardship. It may be coming from uh, future shock. It may be coming from various different causes. But I think, you know, that um, communing with the gods gives us a broader perspective perspective on all of humanity, and it makes it a little bit easier for us to develop that compassion and understanding and that then we can bring uh, to all of our interactions, as, as Brandy suggested. Uh, it makes mm-hmm. it easier. We, we don't get into arguments immediately with these, with these people because the arguments go nowhere because we're totally no. coming from different premises, different contexts, and so there's no common ground on which to argue. So you really have to drill down to where that common ground is. And it is down there somewhere. And, uh, and then start building up from there. And that's a slow process, and I think, you know, uh, but I think that's the only way that, that we're going to get anything done, um, probably in any time, but certainly in the times we're in now. And that's hard, you know, because it does, again, it comes back to the humility that Jean-Louis talked about. You know, we have to recognize that we're, we're all wrong about lots of things, you know, and we, we all yes. have our own biases. Uh, we're not aware of our biases. If we don't think we have biases, it's because we're not aware of them. And, um, you know, really start from that position of humility, and then we're a little bit better able to um, interact with people that, that um, on the surface, have these perhaps diametrically opposed views to us. And, um, you know, and then we start, we, we have to start working from that, from that shared basis, and, and perhaps they'll change their mind, perhaps we'll change our mind, but you know, we, can, we can get to some sort of agreement eventually. That sounds incredibly awesome, and that's very well thought out. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. And Jean-Louis, what do you think are the pressing issues that we as theurgists uh, should address through our practice in the world around us? Very good question. Very simple question. question. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess the, I see that uh, with the first challenge we have. And the challenge uh, is the communication with the gods. This uh, way the theurgist is working to ascend to the gods and try to understand their will and their uh, philosophy. And why I say a challenge? Just because this communication with the gods is exactly what religious extremists or fundamentalists are doing. They are doing exactly the same thing. They are trying to communicate with their god and they mm -hmm. believe that they can express the will of this god. On our perspective, from our perspective, this is wrong because the consequences are bad for humanity or for the people and so on. But we are trying to do or to use a very similar process. So how to avoid that and how to, um, to show to everyone the difference? For me, I, I think that the, we have to highlight, to emphasize something. This is a moral standard as first requirement for any theologist. I mean someone willing to understand more about theology and trying to understand what is the difference between theology and religion, even mm -hmm. if we have from, from outside a similar practice, this is the way we are understanding the moral standards. For example, we need and we want a good will. We do yes. not harm. This is very simple very basic. Everyone in few seconds can understand what that means. And we have, this is not an issue of uh, color, gender, when you have this standard, do not harm, be tolerant, manifest a good will. This is easy to understand to anyone. But when you say this declaration must be the first requirement of anyone who wants to begin the, uh, the way of the theology, the practice of theology, this is not evident for everyone. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, if we do that, we change the vision. This is why sometimes I am uh, asking to uh, people who want to be initiated in the Romsolis, in uh, uh, theology, to read Plato, but Nietzsche also, to mm -hmm. understand how religion is working, to understand how priests are working, because beliefs can sometimes be incomp incompatible. They cannot, uh, all the beliefs cannot be accepted in the same way. So, for example, we have actions, and we decided to do that in the Orum Solis, as this is a theological order, because we have members who live in uh, initiates, companions who live in Africa, others in Brazil, and so on. And uh, fundamentalists are very strong in some countries like that. Yes. So we said, okay, we have to do something. What can we do? So we... Uh, we uh, implemented and we wrote several papers explaining what theology and our tradition is thinking about human trafficking, is thinking about racism, racism about 
sexual mutilations, and so on. And in very, very clear words, saying, no, all traditions are not good. For example, if you have sexual mutilations, we condemn that, and very clearly. And uh, in a document that can be easily found, uh, printed, and uh, people can give that to uh, many people. And I guess that these kind of short writing, very explicit, very precise, can have a real impact. Because in uh, several religions, very dogmatic religions, Christianity, Catholicism, more precisely, and so on, they do that, and they are very efficient. I remember when we went in, uh, last time in Brazil with my wife, uh, we uh, saw on the door, really on the door of a church from outside, a paper promoting uh, or condemning abortion, condemning all these kind of natural um, regulations, <laughs> I can say. Uh -huh. And uh, what the theologists or initiatory orders are doing, most of the time, very few things. So we decided to go in the other side to say, okay, if they express their, their opinion in this way, we should do the same for the good of everyone. So what do we think about mutil sexual mutilations or human trafficking? We think that this is opposite to our beliefs and our practices. So we said that. And I think that simple paper, simple writings like that, given, uh, posted on the Internet, and uh, we have this uh, possibility to spread the word in this way, this is very useful and uh, as I said, moral standards are basics, easy to understand, and we have always to, rem to remind that to everyone who wants to work on in theology. This is the first step for me. Excellently said and very well thought out as well. Uh, thank you very much, Jean-Louis. Now, uh, I'm going to put everybody back on, even though uh, uh, we might have some feedback because everybody said some awesome, some awesome things, and I think uh, we should process it together uh, for a few minutes. Then we'll take a brief uh, break and uh, return. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hello. Uh, does anybody want to comment on anything that was said in this uh, past round or indeed in the first half of the program? Okay well, I could say a few words just to follow up on what John Louis said, because I, I consider this very important also, that uh, really um, for theurgy or for any sort of magical practice, um, for your own sake and the sake of others, it's um, uh, really very important to, to kind of get your own life in order uh, in terms of... Um, ethical behavior and, and uh, just, uh, I would say, a good philosophy. Uh, this is one reason that um, in my, my book I've got um, more chapters basically on basically ethical preparation before I get to the actual theurgical practices. And I think, you know, that in our own uh, community that's, you know, we see the, the consequences of people not 
doing the preparatory work um, all the time. And so I, I, I want to uh, I want to emphasize and, and uh, affirm what what John Louis said. Thank you. And after we take the break, um, that is one of the topics I want to address because I'm using your work in um, workshops that I do in Branchville, New Jersey, and I'll be using them again slightly differently than uh, I used them before. So I wanted to get your feedback. Uh, and your thoughts on how I'll be using your books, and I want to listen to your suggestions on how to better use your books or better represent your books, uh, and then I have a couple of ideas that popped into my head as we were talking uh, that I'll be sharing with you as well before we give everybody a chance to uh, share their contact information and, and so forth. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to uh, add to what we've talked about so far or uh, expand upon what we've talked about so far? It feels to me like, like we're entering a brave new world. We're actually coming up with physical world applications of, of what is normally just a spiritual practice. Yes. And um, I'm sort of excited and a little bit scared at the same time. I just hope we don't upset anyone by doing it. I, I think it'll be an awesome adventure for all of us. And I think that individually yeah. and collectively, yeah. uh, we'll be able to do a lot of uh, great things uh, to help people in the world. I hope so. Well, you know, if I can jump in also, we, we need to remember that um, this sort of activism is not anything new to this tradition. I mean, Pythagoras, right. what he was most known for was bringing laws and, and democracy to the uh, Greek settlements in, in Italy, and he was getting his insights, and to do that, through his theoretical practices. And all of us are lovers of tradition, so I'm glad that we are um, moving the golden chain further along and, and honoring Pythagoras and all those who came before. Yeah. Oh, Hercules, I just wanted to say I love the way you're promoting everything. You're, you're um, uploading stuff while the... Um, while the while, while the podcast is taking place, you promoted a few days beforehand. That that's fantastic. So hopefully we've we've got a few more listeners this time, people who are uh, a little bit more involved than perhaps they have been in the past. And I'm going to be soon translating them to YouTube, where we'll reach an even uh, larger audience. That's one of the things I'm going to talk to you about. Um, but we'll take a brief break. I'm going to play Bone Poets Orchestra's Evolve, which is five minutes long, uh, and then we will be back. I just
Welcome back to Pride of Olympus. Today is our Theurgy Forum, 
and we have on our panel Brandy Williams, Tony Merswicki, Bruce McLennan, also known as John Upsopaus, and Jean-Louis DeBiasi, awesome theurgists all. And uh, we're now starting the second part of our discussion. Uh, I'd like to welcome everybody back from our brief uh, break. And uh, what we'll be talking about uh, is uh, your work and how it can best be applied. And uh, we will start with uh, Brandy. Greetings and welcome back, Brandy. Thank you. Um, What do you mean by our our work? Do you want to talk about our um, classes and books, essentially? Yes. Um, In addition to the Theurgy Forum, which I'm hoping we can go back to doing uh, monthly, uh, I'm using um, some of your books in the classes that I teach at the Amber Dragon. And For the Love of the Gods is an awesome introductory book to theurgy and even an intermediate book to theurgy because uh, uh, in subsequent readings, there's a lot more that you know, we've been able to glean from the book. So it's our standard uh, uh, text. Um, and I'm starting a new series of instruction called uh, the, K- the Island of the Enchantress. It's been called Circe's Island uh, before. I've, I've, I've taught this like for decades you know, in different places. Um, and I've expanded it now, and it's going to be an introduction to different forms of uh, um, Hellenic uh, magic, from mythical to historical. So um, I love the way that in your book you presented uh, the theurgists, you know, as people. And uh, that is something that opened up a whole new way of looking at them and showing very clearly that though they did not agree uh, on all the particulars, um, even by sharing what they uh, believed, you showed that there is something unifying about uh, theurgy and something that's been consistent uh, throughout the ages. So it's a brilliant book and uh, we love it. Uh, And um, I believe I sent an email. We'd like to order some more because people are asking for it. So how can I better use your book? Or can you suggest uh, we used it for the, uh, for the unfolding history of theurgy and also the suggestions for a starting theurgic uh, practice? Um, is, there any, yes. is there any other way we can look at your book? Um, my uh, students have expressed an interest in asking you questions. So I'm open to uh, having a show where people who've read your book and are excited about it can ask you questions uh, directly. Because uh, I certainly can't answer them. So, can you think of anything else that would we could be do? Really that would be fun. Yeah. Okay, so we will uh, yeah. definitely do yeah. that then. Because yeah, I, I almost never, of course, get to interact with people who have read the book. It's it's one of those things that that happens in a writer's life, right? So, even though there are increased ways that we communicate to the world and um, increased social media, those are very brief conversations. So it would be really fun to interact with people um, who have actually read the material and engaged with it. Um, I, I, had, <laughs> I, had, I had thought at one time that it would be really fun to have a study group to go through the, uh, the, the platonic dialogue in the order that Iamblichus um, recommended them. And then I thought there might be three people who would do it, right? <laughs> so I'm not sure, but, but that would be, that would be a, fun, a fun thing to teach, right? To, to take each of the dialogues and have people read them and then converse with each other about them. 
Um, at this particular point in time, I can't budget the time uh, for something like that. But in the near future, in the near future, I certainly can. That sounds exciting. Uh, with the tools at our uh, disposal, you know, like uh, uh, Skype, Block Talk Radio, uh, and recording, we could certainly do something like that over time. It'll be a fun uh, adventure, and then we could share it with everybody through, uh, um, you know, recording it and putting it on social media. Yeah, that's it. And something I would really love to hear from people is how they interact with the ancestors. So you have that little little bit of ritual at the at the end of the book about invoking the teachers as your teachers. So are people getting contacts? Um, and when we we connect with the the spiritual teachers, are they feeling that sense of connection to that line? I'd be very interested in in hearing whether that that was the case. Um, and I'm going to, this summer as I go around the, the country and do do workshops, I'm going to be doing theurgic rituals out there in the world. And that's one of the, the places that we start is to invoke the, uh, invoke the ancestors, specifically invoke the teachers. Um, so that, that's kind of the, the, the next practical direction that I'm heading. That is incredible. Um, and I, I, want to say, I want to say one more thing, too, just real fast. Um, sure. There's one person we don't have with us. Um, Patrick Dunn, and we should try to get him on one of these forums. Patrick Dunn has, has written a Llewellyn book uh, that I think it's Theurgy for Beginners. I'm not, don't quote me on that, but somebody look that up while I'm talking. Um, but okay. it's a really lovely introductory book. And he's also done a translation of the, um, of the Orphic Hymns. And he's got yes, in yes. his book, um, yeah, and in his book he's got a, a, little, um, a little ritual for, for engaging with the group in, in um, doing the Orphic Hymns. So it's a little beginning theurgy practice. And that, too, is something that I, I recommend. I recommend all our books to everyone. Um, but that, that would be something to, to get people to work with as well. Do you have a contact info for him, or should I go through Kat? I do. I do. Yeah, no, I do. Oh, um, I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll drop you. I'll drop you a note, yeah, because he's – I think of us as the Llewellyn Theurgy School <laughs> because we're all Llewellyn writers, right? And there's, a, there's another theurgy school. There's a, a group of theurgists based around Avalonia Press in the U.K. So, we're, you know, okay. if, you, if you pull Patrick in on this conversation, we'll have all of the Llewellyn theurgists, right? <laughs> oh, that'll then, be awesome. Then we'll have to, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to establish contact with Avalonia and see if we can get those folks to talk to us. It's different. The time zone changes are, are, are difficult. But, but um, I'm soon yeah. to solve those because, uh, um, again, I'm, I'm, my learning curve is very steep with this computer stuff, so it takes me a while to learn it. But I'm learning now that I can record shows at any time, really, and just uh, download them. So uh, I'm going to be experimenting with that in the months ahead. And once I've mastered it, and I'll give myself sufficient time to feel comfortable with it as well, uh, that the time will not be a problem anymore because we can coordinate our schedules so that uh, the time is convenient uh, for all. Fantastic. Now, I want to thank you, too, because this theory forum was your idea. And uh, it was an excellent idea, and uh, I really treasure um, this activity. It's, it's, uh, it's been uh, very uh, growth-inducing and mind-boggling for me, uh, and I feel very uh, much uh, connected to theurgy um, through uh, your and everybody else's works. Are you still there, Brandy? Uh, yeah, I'm still there. Um, I was, I was oh, waiting okay. for you. I thought it was probably Tony's, Tony's turn. But I also want to say um, this came out of the Theurgicon that Glenn Turner put together. Um, so, so we go back to um, her bringing us uh, together. And I think Tony and Bruce and I all participated in those. 
So that was where I got the idea was to, to um, uh, instead of meeting physically, which was very difficult, we could meet through your podcast. And then it's come full circle as we all went to PantheaCon last year, or three of us went to PantheaCon, and then showed up again in person. So um, it, it was nice to, to get that physical connection again to you. Um, but this and is great because it continues the conversation throughout the year. And that's an awesome thing. And also, I, I would like to do more to promote uh, your work because, again, it's, it's awesome work and it's very necessary work. Um, so please feel free if you're doing uh, if you're traveling around doing workshops uh, to share them on my timeline. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you email me or PM me the information, I'll share it on my timeline. I, I totally would do, totally do that. Thank you. Okay, awesome. We will now go to Tony. Thank you very much, Brandy. Second, Brandy's Hi, idea of Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, I started talking and I got the impression you couldn't hear me. Um, I, I was just saying that um, I'd like to second Brandy's idea of luring Patrick Dunn onto the show. Um, I've actually read his translation of the author Kim, and it's a yes, very sir. interesting text. One of the things that he's like, whenever I use the author Kim, I tend to select an Orphic hymn for a particular god that I want to work with. I use them that way. He actually uses a flip, a flip side approach to that where he has a neat table where you have particular things that you may want to accomplish. And then mm -hmm. you look at what you want to accomplish and he will refer you to one or more Orphic hymns that you could use. So rather yes. than having a particular god in mind, he will refer you to a particular hymn. So you may not necessarily be working with the God that you think you'd be working with, but it's 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 the um the, the most appropriate author Kim for your needs. So it's it's a really interesting approach. So yes, it is. I have a copy of the the book, uh, a pre-publication copy, and uh, uh, we've used it uh, several times. Yeah, it's it's quite an interesting read. So regarding my books, um, Greco-Egyptian magic shows people how to work with the Greek magical papyri. The, the thing with the theurgical writings is that they discuss what you need to accomplish in order to work theurgy, but they don't actually explain the nuts and bolts of how to go mm -hmm. about it. But within, within the Greek magical papyri, you can actually find all the spells that you need. So what I use in, um, in, in my book, Great Egyptian Magic, is I provide a modular approach for working with, um, with the Greek magical papyri. So I have an opening rite, then you put the particular working that you want in the middle, and then I have a closing rite at the end of it. So it just makes the, um, the Greek magical papyri accessible and easy to work with. Now, regarding Hellenismos, Hellenismos is about the practice of Greek religion. And the thing is, Greek religion is the bedrock from which theurgy sprang. So yes. in order to have an understanding of how theurgy actually works, you, you want, if you want to have a firm foundation for working with it, then I think it's important to have a good understanding of Greek religion. So whether you want to work with the Greek magic papyri, whether you want to work with Brandy's book, whether you want to work with, um, with, with Bruce's texts, um, I, I think that it's very important to have a firm foundation in Greek religion. And probably the best analogy that I can draw is you can work with the Kabbalah on its own. 
and you will get good results. But if you can understand how the Kabbalah comes out of the Torah, the Old Testament, then you have a far firmer foundation, a far better understanding of it. So it's, it's the same thing with Fiji. I think that by having a good understanding of Greek religion, your practice of Fiji will become that much more effective. I agree with you 100%, and uh, I have a copy of uh, both of your books, and uh, I've integrated them into the things that we're doing as uh, recommended reading, and this time around they're going to be required reading. And uh, I'm really looking forward to applying it. Now, how can, other than that way, how can, uh, do you have any recommendations beyond those that are in the books um, on how we can best uh, integrate uh, your work into our practice? The thing is that when I when I practice Greek religion, I tend to use a calendrical approach. So I do okay. what, what they did in ancient Athens. So you, you're working with the Greek calendar, and it, it, it's fairly rigid. But there are other people who modify things somewhat. I haven't actually spoken to Patrick about how he practices, but I sort of get the impression that he will call on God as he needs them as he needs them. So he won't necessarily have a particular day of the lunar month that he works with a particular God. It can be quite difficult, you know, working with the lunar calendar as well as the um, the normal calendar that we have. Um, when you work Great Egyptian Magic, you're working with the um, Greek Magical Tyri, then you find yourself mm-hmm. working with the, you know, with the, seven da- with the seven days of the week. It, it lends itself quite well to that. So it, 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 it can be difficult to reconcile the two. Um, but, you know, people talk about not quite working with the, um, with the, with the Athenian calendar, um, modifying it somewhat. So, I mean, that's something that, that people could investigate. Yes, but, um, I find I, I, like I, 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 Go ahead. I was just saying I, I've, I've kept my approach pure. Um, I wanted to... Um, to, to look at what the ancient Athenians did, and that's what I presented. I presented it to the best of my ability. But if people want to modify that, if they want to come up with something that suits their life, their lifestyle better, um, then by all means go with that. I think so long as you're coming from the heart, you're sincere in working with the gods. That is that is the most important thing. Having a neat calendar to work with tends to make everything nice and systematic. But I think so long as you're coming from the heart, that's the most important thing. I think so as well. And uh, I've been working with the seven days of the week my entire life, even before I realized what I was what I was doing. I've always had an affinity with uh, uh, the week and different calendrical systems. Uh, when I first joined the Rotary, I did the Rotary calendar for two uh, years in a row, where the things that the Rotary identified with the months, I, I had uh, labors that I did. Of, of course, uh, I continuously do the Herculean labors through my uh, activities, um, sometimes visibly and sometimes invisibly. Um, but uh, thank you, definitely, uh, because I, I promote that system as an easy way to start uh, working um, with uh, the invisible, so uh, people can definitely, by expanding their knowledge and and getting uh, um, d- different examples of working with the days of the week, uh, th- they can certainly uh, do something that uh, is effective for themselves. Thank you very much, Tony. My pleasure. Okay, we're gonna go to Bruce now. Greetings, Bruce. Greetings. Greetings. Um, 
I guess uh, what I'd like to maybe say is a few words about um, what I do in the, in the book, Wisdom of Hypatia, because it comes back to this theme of, um, of proper preparation. And, um, you know, I go back to the ancient view of philosophy, uh, philosophy in ancient Greek, um, which was it was trying to teach you a way of life, a better way of living. And that involved all sorts of issues involved issues we would consider philosophical and issues we'd consider ethical or moral, uh, religious issues, spiritual issues, uh, many practical matters as well. And um, so I think this is, you know, this is what many people are seeking. They may not call it philosophy because they think of philosophy as something, something different, as more of an academic kind of subject. But this is what many people are seeking. But uh, you know, what many of our initiatory traditions and many of our spiritual traditions have understood is that there's a proper order doing things. In fact, you even find that in the Platonic dialogues. And um, this doesn't mean you have to follow this particular uh, order, but it's, um, it's, it's psychologically sound. It basically uh, is taking you through a series of steps and uh, progressing in a natural, forward way. So um, the the version that I did of this in in the book, in my book, The Wisdom of Hypatia, was to uh, work through three of the uh, major philosophies in um, uh, the Hellenistic world of ancient Greek, basically. Now, as, as Tony said, this was all in the context of ancient Greek religious beliefs, uh, Hellenismo. And um, so that is kind of a background. But one of the things I wanted to do was to teach these practices to a wider uh, community of people than just Hellenic neo-pagans. Uh-huh. Not only pagans of other paths, but also uh, non-pagans as well. Uh, because, again, the basic neo-platonic traditions are really compatible with a wide variety of spiritual paths. Um, so um, I did something that's a little surprising to some people that know ancient philosophy um, in the sense of taking a path from Epicureanism through Stoicism into Neoplatonism. And, you know, these often seem like quite incompatible philosophies, and mm-hmm. the practitioners and teachers of them in the ancient world often presented them that way. But if you look at the actual practices, you find out that there's an enormous amount in common. And in fact, it's quite natural in with Epicurean practices, which basically are about understanding your needs and desires and learning to control them so that you can actually live a happy, enjoyable life um, as a first stage of spiritual development. And Probably many of the people in your classes, Hercules, already have essentially assimilated those kinds of practices from one source or another. Yes. But in the general world, especially uh, in the uh, commercialized West, I think that's a lesson that many people still need to, to learn. Um, and then the second second degree of wisdom, I, I organize as three degrees of wisdom, is uh, Stoicism. And yes. um, Stoicism... Uh, teaches you the true sources of your freedom so that you can act freely and accomplish your ends. 
so stoicism takes you outside of practices that really are just about you yourself living a pleasant life and um, allowing you to function as an organ or as an agent of a larger um, providence as a, of the world's body uh, and basically to act socially and politically in an effective way. Um, and we see now, interestingly enough, uh, Stoicism is becoming very popular again. Yes. Um, and uh, there's many programs that, that will teach you and give you practices for learning uh, ancient Stoic philosophy, and I think they're very valuable. Um, and, in fact, Stoicism has even um, appeared in one version of uh, psychotherapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, which explicitly traces its origins back to ancient Stoicism. So I think Stoic philosophy is extremely valuable uh, for many of the things we've been talking about, for being an effective activist, um, and in general for being effective in the world and um, uh, having concerns outside of just your yourself and, and your family, perhaps. Uh, but I don't and, think it's uh, far. Yes, go ahead. It, uh, that's exactly, you're reading my mind. Uh, stoicism is what uh, I'm incorporating into the... Uh, um, the, the more activistic uh, phases of uh, what we do uh, when we get together. And um, uh, for the reasons that uh, you listed, and uh, the last conversation I had with my son, my eldest son, was on how stoicism is making a comeback. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, good. And, you know, I, I often recommend people, people, uh, of course, to read Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. I usually suggest starting with the second book. But, um, you know, if you're involved in any sort of uh, activism or any sort of social movement, I think the sort of advice that Marcus Aurelius has is, is very valuable. We have to remember that he was not some armchair philosopher. He was an emperor of the, of the Roman Empire and um, one of the good emperors. And um, you know, so he had to deal with a lot of very large practical problems uh, uh, during his lifetime. So it's, um, it's I think, good practical advice. And um, the, uh, it's also, it illustrates another important part of philosophy in the ancient sense, is that it was built around practices and compiling a journal, which is what Marcus Aurelius's meditations were. That was his personal journal. That mm -hmm. is one... Uh, practice, and um, it's a way of keeping the most important guidelines in a simple, terse form so that you can understand them and remind yourself of them. Um, so that's just one of the many practices uh, that, I, that I teach in the book. Um, and so I would encourage anyone that was working through my book to, you know, really try and, and practice those practices to uh, not just read about them, but, but do them, because these are things that are designed to change the way we think and behave in the world. And I think that's very important, especially then as preparation for what I call the third degree of wisdom, which is Neoplatonism, because that mm -hmm. then, uh, as we've talked about, that's basically theurgy, which is putting us into contact with the gods. So um, that gives a better context for the things that you might want to do via the Stoic practices. It gives you that much wider perspective now. Uh, you like a, a 
uh, a, 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 a perspective beyond just the earth, I guess is one way to say it. Um, and, uh, and also some additional tools that we've talked about for, uh, for accomplishing things. So to my mind, that's the, um, uh, if you really want to live the best possible life, you go to that uh, third degree of wisdom, which is, which is you know, Platonism. But to apply it effectively, I think you need to have passed through the lower degree as well. You need to be able to act competently and um, effectively in the physical world, the material world, in the everyday world, uh, uh, to form a solid foundation and for these uh, more spiritual practices. So that's why I think it's very important to go through these, these stages in order. Now, some people, you know, are well along the path by whatever means they've got there, and that's fine. Um, you know, some people, it'll take their whole life to get through it. That's fine, too. But I think that this is, uh, this is something that really needs to be built up stage by stage, which, again, the, 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 that the order of the platonic dialogue that Randy mentioned, um, mm-hmm. that also is taking you, taking your mind, if you like, through a series of stages, an orchestrated series of stages to get it to a certain point. But people that were starting that neoplatonic curriculum were probably already practicing Stoics because that was the dominant philosophy uh, in the Egyptian world at that time. Um, So, um, you know, a lot of us in the Western world today are a little bit behind, so we have to kind of catch up and relearn those Stoic practices uh, if we haven't learned them uh, already. And thank you for writing that uh, book. It's an excellent book. I've, as you know, I've experimented with it over uh, time, and I found uh, uh, that practice to be very beneficial. Um, I'm going to sh- share with you what I shared with uh, Brandy, and I should have shared with Tony. Uh, but uh, uh, if you guys want to promote what you're doing, uh, please feel free to post it, uh, pr- uh, post it on my timeline, and uh, we can talk. We can uh, shape shows around it, and. Uh, um, if you don't feel comfortable uh, doing that, I'll gladly share the information on my uh, timeline because, uh, uh, again, you're doing awesome work and it should uh, reach ever-widening circles of, of people. So if I can help in any small way in doing that, I'd be greatly honored. Great. I really appreciate that. Okay, thanks. We're going to go to Jean-Louis now. Greetings, Jean-Louis. Yes. How are you? Good. Thank you. It was very interesting to follow all the conversations and uh, everything you are working on. Uh, I want to uh, to share with you uh, an information about uh, a book we published, uh, not from Llewellyn uh, this time, but uh, from uh, on Theurgia. And this book is has been called the Pagan or the Ultimate Pagan Almanac. And you spoke about calendars and uh, yes. the, really this uh, essential part of the calendars. And we did a very, very interesting work to provide real, real calendars in several pagan, from several pagan traditions. And I want to talk, for example, about the Plato calendar, 
about the Greek calendar, the Roman calendar, the Celtic, not Celtic, the Gaulish calendar, and the Egyptian mm -hmm. calendars. But instead, instead uh, using the calendars randomly, we um, uh, we we associated uh, the real dates, so calculated with the season and the stars and so on. I give you a few examples. For example, the Egyptian calendar started at the rising of Sirius, and the calendar in this uh, pagan almanac is provided in this way. The Gaulish calendar, this is the same thing, and for the Greek calendar, this is the same. When you talked about the seven days, these seven days are of very huge importance in the Greek calendars, Roman, and the calendar from Plato, the philosopher Plato. Mm -hmm. But the first day, of course, and you know that, uh, is not chosen according to the calendar we have, the civil calendar. For example, our Monday is never a Monday because our Monday doesn't uh, mean anything. This is why I explained in one of my books how these days of the week are uh, chosen from the start of the new moon and the moon cycle. So yes, uh, in the, yes, so in the pagan almanac, uh, the r real days of the week are provided always from uh, the new moon. So you can find, of course, as the, the calendars are linked to the seasons, to the moon, and so on, we did several uh, editions, an edition from, uh, for North America and Central America, an edition from Europe, for East Europe. We had four different editions this year. Next year, we will have five editions because we will provide also the calendars from the southern hemisphere. Uh, because you, you know that if we use a moon calendar, they cannot be the same everywhere. Right. Uh, even we have a few things different for the East Coast and the West Coast. So these calendars can be found on Amazon. You, you tape on Amazon Ultimate Pagan Almanac 2019, and you will find the calendar plus a lot of articles related to these traditions, tourism, theology, and so on. So I will post on your timeline uh, the link to the Pagan Almanac. And okay. the 2020 uh, will be available this summer. So it will be uh, early. And you can choose, of course, be careful, you can choose according to your location, if you live in North America or if you live in Europe or East Europe. Depending the place you live, you can choose the edition of the calendar and the almanac uh, you want. So it was something interesting. And uh, in my work, I am always uh, trying to emphasize the, uh, the impact of the initiation. Uh, because we are talking uh, very often about theology, the practice of theology, classes, and mm -hmm. so on. But from a very long time, uh, the, it was true for Julianus, it was true for Apuleius. They were going to uh, an initiation, Iliac uh, initiation or theologic initiation. And uh, this process was very specific. 
And what I am trying to do in uh, my books, some of my books at, le uh, at least, is to explain and to provide, as you are all doing, um, several techniques to start the way, but in the same time to help uh, the practitioners to uh, purify themselves and mm. be ready, if they want, to progress and to receive a specific initiation. Because what is uh, obvious in the Eastern traditions, for example, is the idea of lineage. And this is true in yoga, for example. This is true in Buddhism, Tantrism. This, there is a, a specific lineage. And an experience, esoteric experience, coming through this lineage. So we can do a lot of things outside, of course, but everyone knows that initiation, uh, an initiation is able to really use a, um, a specific set of rituals to create a, a reaction and a connection uh, between the initiate and, as you said, the gods or goddesses or at least a divine uh, world. And now, this part is uh, very uh, important, I guess, to uh, work on, to talk about, because it was something that you can uh, find in Roman tradition. Uh, we can talk about Mitraism, for example, uh, because there are few parts that are really theoretic. And uh, several aspects from our, our Western traditions uh, are very, uh, very close uh, to initiations. And to, uh, to end um, on, the, yes, go ahead, excuse me. Yes, um, we're going to have to start um, wrapping uh, the show so that everyone can share their uh, contact information. But uh, I would really like to continue talking about what you introduced. So how about the next Theurgy Forum? We focus on uh, calendars and the importance of calendars in theurgic practice. And this way yeah. you can uh, yeah. you and uh, uh, this way we can further explore that topic because it's fascinating. And just a note about the yes, you are talking about the calendar. When I talked about the almanac, the pagan almanac, uh, you yeah. will see that uh, there is a first part in which we explain very precisely how these calendars were uh, built, why, and when this, they started how we can use them right now and be coherent with the past and with this uh, heritage. And how can people, um, I know we have your information on Facebook, but for those who aren't on Facebook, um, how can people uh, contact you? How can they learn more about you and uh, tap into uh, the wonderful work that you're doing? Uh, the best way is to go on uh, the Llewellyn website uh, under my name or my own website, uh, dediasi.org, and you will see the different information. Thank you very much. And uh, again, the, the, uh, thank you for posting the extra information on the timeline and for uh, posting a link to your uh, book. And uh, I'm looking forward to discussing it further with you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, Brandy. And uh, Brandy, how can folks uh, tap into your universe? 
You can find my website at randywilliamsauthor.com. It's currently under revision, but it's up there, and you can uh, find information about my appearances and my books. I will be at Babylon Rising um, in June. I think it's June 6th where I am headlining and also Sacred Harvest Festival, which is the first week in August. Um, It's in Minnesota. Um, And you can also find my blog. I write a Papios blog at uh, Star and Snake. So that's actually someplace that I'm I'm doing quite a bit of writing uh, just now. I'm I'm posting once a week or thereabouts, um, doing some groundwork, laying some groundwork ideas for the next set of books that I'm um, I'm going to work on. Fantastic. And um, I'm going to be updating my Hermeon, which linked to stuff that you guys were doing before. Uh, and uh, I will gladly link to anything that you're doing now. So I'm, I'm going to follow up with an email. And if folks list all the different uh, ways that we can uh, access uh, uh, your work, I'll be more than happy to post them on the website and then, um, you know, on the, again, on the, the timeline as well. Thanks again, Brandy. You bet. You bet. Okay, uh, Tony. I t- how can I people tend to be more, contact you? And I tend to be more diligent with Facebook than anything else. So I have okay. an author page on Facebook, which is really good. So that's Tony Mizwiki author. Um, there's also my website, which is hermeticmagic.net. Um, I also have a listing on the Llewellyn website, as does everyone else here, I think. And I also have um, a, a listing on the Imanian website. But um, they're probably the best ways. But um, if people want to want to get a feel for what I'm up to, I, I think Facebook is probably the best way to go. That's true of me as well. Um, if you can send me uh, in a personal message or an email all those links, I'll make sure that they're on the Hermeon. And uh, this sure. way the information gets out there. Thanks sure. again, Tony. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to be revisiting everybody for last words of wisdom, but thank you. Thank you. And last but not least, uh, Bruce, how can people uh, – um, you've done phenomenal work on the Internet, and uh, uh, your work is uh, you know, awesome. Uh, I've linked to it before. Uh, can you share the extent of uh, where people can go and uh, – learn more about you? Yeah, sure. There are probably two um, good starting points. One is um, the uh, website for my uh, Neoplatonism book, which is called Wisdom of Hypatia. And the website is wisdomofhypatia.com. And Wisdom of Hypatia is all one word. So it has um, some information about the book, Uh, But probably what's more valuable for many people is it has uh, study guides. So if you're working through the book, it has uh, some helpful information that you can use as you work through it chapter by chapter, uh, which summarizes it and shows you what to look for and what practices to do in each chapter. Um, I've also, uh, as I mentioned before, I, well, I have, you know, whenever I'm giving a talk or something like that, I, I put some information up there um, uh, just uh, so you can come to the talk. It would be ideal, of course, but if you can't, then um, contact me about um, what I did. 
And uh, I have now many of my academic papers that are, I call them academic papers because they're for an academic audience, but they're really uh-huh. about practical theurgy. And um, so um, they give a little bit more of the, um, of the historical background and, as I said, also the connections to Jungian psychology. So if you're interested in that, uh, I, I certainly would recommend you, you uh, look at that. And I, I will, I'm keeping those up to date. Uh, I'll probably, I've got some, also some copies of some of the slides I've done for some workshops I've done in the past as well uh, that uh, may be helpful. So, um, but uh, that's all to kind of add some additional material around, around the book. Uh, the other website I wanted to mention um, is called opsopeus.com. And so that very complicated name is spelled O-P-S-O-P-A-U-S. Uh, excuse me, that's, uh, yeah, that's .com. Uh, that website has uh, information about my most recent book, um, which is The Oracles of Apollo. And it's about something we didn't talk about today very much, which is divination, which is also an yes. important theurgy. And uh, it teaches several authentic ancient Greek divination systems. Um, in addition to that, I've got some information from some uh, workshops I've done up there and actually translations of some other ancient divination systems that are not ancient Greek divination systems that are not covered in my book. So uh, there's uh, and some little parts can make uh, based on ancient Greek divination and so forth. So some, some uh, useful stuff ancient uh, divination practices. And that also includes a link to the uh, Bibliotheca Arcana, which is the mm-hmm. website I started back in the early 1990s where I uh, published a lot of my work on Hellenismos and theurgy and Greek magical practices and just general general neo-paganism. And uh, so um, I still add to that website as well from time to time and um, many people um, um, know my work first from that website, but uh, you can get to it from the OpsonPayers.com website as well. Um, Thank you very much. I, I think I'm not too active on Facebook, uh, so that's not the best way to get a hold of me, but both of those other websites have uh, email links, so you can click on them and send me an email. And... Uh, um, I'm going to be sending an email to all of you uh, asking, uh, for, again, for all of these links, um, and uh, I'll, I'll put them up on the Hermeon, which is going to be kind of like a, uh, um, a, a more permanent feature, and then share them on uh, Facebook and uh, uh, whatever other uh, platforms I'm working with. I put everybody on together again for the last uh, eight minutes of the show. Um, and does anyone have any last words of wisdom to offer folk? I guess we'll start with uh, Brandy on, uh, on being uh, active as a theurgist in the here and now. I think the most important thing to do is to not be intimidated by um, what other people are doing or feel that you have to push yourself or do something um, grand. You can start with wherever you are. Just think about um, talking to your neighbors and Think about um, focusing on your own practice. Even just talking, talking to the gods and making your own prayers is a good place to start. So the most important thing is to, to listen to your heart and to, to act, to do whatever action you feel is comfortable, and just make a start. 
Thank you very much, Brandy Williams. Tony Mirzuki. I think just echoing Brandy's words, I think we should all work within our own capacity. So for some people, we may only be able to accomplish very small things. Other people can accomplish much greater things. So just basically find your own comfort level and work with that. And at the risk of losing what little credibility I have, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter announced that there's going to be a third installment of Bill and Ted after almost 30 years. So be excellent oh, wow. to each other. <laughs> what are they doing it on? Uh, they've already had Greek philosophers, I, I believe, in the, the first one, right? Yeah, so, so, ba- so basically they're going to play two middle-aged men who haven't quite accomplished their life's mission, so they're going to have lots of guest stars and the like. But I, I really enjoyed the first two. I'm showing mm. my immaturity here. <laughs> but no, no, no. I, I can't wait till it comes out. But, but their advice, be excellent to each other, like, you can't get better than that. Very well said. Uh, Bruce? Well, I'm very... Uh, hard put to to add anything to what uh, uh, Tony and Brandy have said. Um, you know, I would say uh, get started, do, do something, you know, and um, both on the spiritual plane and on the material plane. And again, but, you know, don't do what you can do. Start where you are, start where you are and do what you can do and uh, let the gods guide you. Uh, they will guide you to, when you uh, should pull back and, or when you should uh, move forward in a different direction and uh, start with a simple spiritual practice and then start working your way up to um, um, more, more uh, elaborate ones uh, as, as you feel the, uh, as you feel you're being guided towards it. Thank you very much, I'm sorry, I, did, did I cut you off? Did you have more that you wanted to add? No, you did. Okay, Jean-Louis? Very difficult to read to be the last, huh? To say something. <laughs> I'll switch the order around next time. Yeah. Uh, I, our books are all interesting, really. Yeah. We have to. Everyone should read everything uh, that we talked about. But I am convinced that we must learn from the masters of the past, from the philosophers, from the theologists. We we uh, we mentioned Plato, Plato, Proclus, and so on. And we should learn from them. And at the same time. Um, to continue to be very cautious about uh, all our inner experiences. And there is a rule, and this rule is uh, that the gods are supposed to be good and provide to us good things. So we should uh, manifest in our life this goodwill and uh, these uh, benevolence. So if we do that, we are on the good uh, way. This is what I wish for everyone. Thank you very much. Very well said. Uh, thank you, Ophirgis. I'm looking forward to our next forum. Uh, does calendar sound like a good place to start next time? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and thank, thanks to those who joined us at home. Uh, Until next time, this is all of us uh, wishing you the best. Uh, We will now close with Cry Freedom by Bone Post Orchestra.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.